All right, everybody, welcome back to another episode of Mace, the show where we talk about Disney Plus Marvel shows. <laughs> so today with me, I have Luke and Elisa, as always. Hey, before we get into the episode, we'd like to announce that we are officially on social media. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just search for Agents of Mace, and we'll drop the links in the show notes as well. Well, boys, should we start with the beginning of the episode with that Wakanda scene? Oh my gosh, it was <laughs> so good. <laughs> I almost wish... E- <laughs> every episode would start like that because I love that backstory. Yeah, it was really great. I mean, I know I talk about Sebastian Stan's face literally every week, but my God, <laughs> like the full range of human emotion <laughs> happened during this scene. It was very intense to like, I feel like this show kind of keeps you on your toes, not in like a bad way where it feels like you're getting yanked around, but it's just like you go into it and I I don't know, I expect the beginning of the episode to be kind of like a build and maybe some a joke gets thrown in or something. And it was just like, no, serious. <laughs> like he's breaking down. You're seeing his like mental state during his time in Wakanda. He doesn't have an arm. They're like basically helping him free himself from this mind control. And it, I was just like, oh, my God, this is intense. He's crying. like, But then at the end, he smiles, and you're like, oh, he's going to be okay. But also, wow, that was tough. <laughs> he's right. free, you guys. <laughs> Which I would I would kind of relate this, this little opening scene kind of back with the first episode as a good kind of connection there, a good bridge there of really understanding, like, what he was going through personally to get out of that that trance that he was able to get locked into. Um, and yeah, exactly. The emotion that he portrayed just shows you like the struggle that he must've really been going through, but the, it's like the weight lifted off his shoulder. Um, that now like he can just kind of go be himself finally, or once again, not be this prisoner. I think this all kind of goes back to the first episode for me, because here we are again, where it's just like man Bucky's story is way more interesting than Sam's story sorry Sam (laughs) you're cool but like I just there's so many more levels to Bucky's story it's almost more relatable in a weird way because you're seeing him going through like I know it's it's more of like a comic book version of what people go through in their day-to-day lives but he's struggling with like real issues And not that Sam isn't too with like the alone and the boat stuff like that, but it's just like that stuff almost seems like the, the writers put that on the back burner. Yeah. Sam stuff is not like all consuming existential horror either. Right. Like Mike Bucky's is. (laughs) Right. And, and it's just, I don't know. It's just so much more interesting to me to, to get to see Bucky's backs, like his not backstory because we know his backstory, but like the space between where, you know, I want to see more of him being the Winter Soldier. I want to see more of him in his time in Wakanda and how they, like, helped him rehabilitate. I think that's more interesting to me than Sam having family problems. Yeah. And we can maybe even look at this as a high level of Disney maybe kind of looking at this from how, you know, the audience is engaging with it. Because if the audience all collectively really loves this then that kind of opens they're like okay we need to do a spinoff series of Bucky and Wakanda and you know 
and I'd be down. They could watch it. They could. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, why could? I also noticed this this episode. They gave him a new jacket. Um, he wore like a black. Yeah, yeah. Well, and he wore the black leather jacket for so long, and now he has like a navy jacket with like hints of red around some of the edges. And I was like, ooh, okay, giving him like a cool dark Captain America Bucky jacket. I don't know. I thought it was really cool. I was into it. I kind of picked up on that, but I don't know. I didn't pay too much attention to that. But now now that you say it, I kind of want to go back through the comics just to see, like, did he have a kind of standard outfit or did it change a lot? Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't think about that either. But I was just kind of like, maybe this is them, like, transitioning him from being, like, brooding always wearing all black to like, okay, now he's kind of branching out. He's on a bit of a roll, make him more likable. I don't know that he's not likable. I mean, but I feel like yeah. the show wants you to think he's not likable. Right. Mm-hmm. I know you, uh, Luke, you mm-hmm. enjoyed the, the Zemo dancing scene so much in the last episode. So I was wondering what your thoughts were on uh, the first time we see Zemo in this episode he's wandering around in a robe and all I could think was like what is what is happening right now why is the Zemo show walking around in this apartment in like a bathrobe while Sam and Bucky are discussing like next steps (laughs) you know I mean this is kind of like the puppet master approach right you know you know that Zemo's got everything planned out like could he be power broker? Maybe. Probably not. But he knows what he's doing. And we already kind of got the the nod that like, okay, he he's got money. So yeah, like he's he's gonna live it up lavishly. That's just his character. That's just what he's all about. Um yeah, that whole opening scene though, like I'm that part didn't bother me. It was more the dialogue there was I don't know, tongue in cheek, little I don't know. I just that op- like right after going to that powerful opening scene to that was just kind of like it just like, you know, just kind of almost nosedived a little bit. But the show does pick back up, which is really great. You know, the first thing I picked up here was like the whole Turkish delights thing. And, you know, yeah. kinda, there's like two moments of that. But, um, you know, that was that was kind of interesting, which the Turkish lights that they used was not what I was expecting, especially if you look at like, you know, the lion, the witch and the wardrobe and what they did in that film. That's kind of what, when I hear that, that's what I expect to see where here we got like more of a traditional, like candy and in a wrapper, but that was still kind of fun because they kind of went along that same path from the book. Have y'all ever had Turkish delight? I actually have not. Okay. Yeah. My husband and I both yelled no whenever he tried to get them to eat it because we, we both know it's gross. It is not good. What they have in Lion Witch in the Wardrobe looks so much better than the thing that it actually is. <laughs> Just, uh, I was excited when he when he said it um, because that was my first thought too. I was like, oh, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. Okay, cool. But then I was like, well, mate, well, hang on. Maybe it's like a Marvel thing. And like, I'm thinking that they're talking about it but really it's it's some like nod to a marvel thing so i looked it up it's not it's not really a anywhere in the mcu but or the comic universe either emma just likes Um, gross candy yeah yeah well i i agree that i I liked it because it was so parallel right like uh 
the witch uses them in Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe to um, to trick the youngest son, right? Or the mm-hmm. oldest? The youngest. The youngest? The youngest. Yeah, to, like, it was... turn. Yeah, on his siblings. And, and this time, here we are with a group of kids. I don't know that it's the youngest. I don't know that that matters that much. But it's no, like, it's... here you are picking this kid to kind of turn on everybody else and help you just to get uh, intel so. if you look at it from that perspective it's more or less the same thing the witch wanted to know like give me intel on you know what your siblings are up to in this case it was like you you know where this person is so right and i and it made yeah. me want to go back to watch the scene where they find uh zemo in prison because he has a bunch of books on the shelf uh, and a bunch of books on the floor, and I was like, "Man, that would be so cool if he had the line, the, the line, the wish, and the wardrobe somewhere in his prison cell." And this is like a weird callback for people that sat there and looked at all the books that he had. Yeah, well, we'll have to we'll do that, and we can talk about it in the next episode. <laughs> uh, I thought the head tilt comment was funny, but it was like it was that moment where he was he was having this whole conversation. Uh, about supremacists and which in my mind the whole conversation about supremacists was a almost like foreshadowing for uh, John rather than I mean I know he was talking about uh, Carly the whole time like that was his whole speech was about Carly but in my mind I was like oh he's talking about Captain America right like Hmm. that he's a supremacist and he has he wants power I don't know. That was just how I took it. But then they, then he said the, the head tilt comment, and he then you know Zemo like straightens his head, and I was like, it's funny, but like you took me out of the serious moment a little too soon. I feel like I feel like Zemo is like you were kind of you're not siding with Zemo, but you're kind of like oh he has a point, like. They're trying to make him more relatable, right? And like his ideals rather than being like, he's a bad guy. And I feel like that we were almost there to the point of you're like, yeah, all right. I give, okay, Zemo, I'm on your side a little bit. And then like comedy moment and then end of scene. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that could be a trend we're going to see. Unless the, with the fi- the finale, you know, the finale, I think, would be a big will be a big moment for Zemo. And if I had any frustration with this episode, it's kind of like that. It's like. Uh, it's like, who do you really need to pay attention to? Why are there so many, quote unquote, villains going on? And then we'll get it to to the later end of this episode. But something major happens and that just kind of like amplifies that whole thing. And it's like. Who really matters? <laughs> But uh, that's the big moment that we'll talk about at the end. I don't know that I liked that uh, that John Walker is unshaven now. I I understand that it's like a visual cue that maybe he's losing it a little bit, but it just seems like not enough time has passed, which is another thing that we don't really know, right? We don't really know how long this could all take place in a week. This could all take place in a month. I don't know that we really have a solid timeline but it just seems like he was clean shaven and then boom. Now he's, he looks like he sleeps outside and, and like, yeah, doesn't take showers. There's, there's the one line 
where was it Sam who's like how did you find us so that kind of does I guess backs that point of like how long is really all this going on you know yeah this is one of those good things of like when you rewatch the episode it's finding those little clues of like when did Sam and Bucky travel to where they're at now and where were they with Captain America John Walker before they left so kind of gauge of like you know he's got to figure out but it's government like they've got eyes on everything so it probably didn't take them that long and also he made a good point he's like y'all are Avengers like come like people are snapping pictures and yeah and as he said that like everyone around them was taking pictures yeah <laughs> yeah or foreshadowing yeah <laughs> kind of a nod to the boys in a way because like that whole you know series is about you know managing their social you know their influence profiles and all that well like i don't want to get too far in the episode so i'm going to keep with what my notes have written as i was watching the episode but I think about like the middle of the episode, I was to a point where it, it was clear in my mind that, okay, John isn't doing this to stop Carly. John is doing this because he wants the serum. And I feel like we see that, that crop up so many times in this episode where like the question is brought about like, would you take the serum? Are super soldiers good? Is it worth it to have superpower? Uh, and so I just kind of wanted to pitch that question to you guys. If you had the choice to take the super soldier serum, would you take it? Not knowing, I guess, what you know from the show that you could go crazy. But thinking about it more just like rationally, like, oh, if you had the chance, would you take it? You go first. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say the same thing. <laughs> Ooh, you know, from the perspective of not knowing, yes, I'd probably take it just because it's the concept of like, this is going to give you like, you know, the superhuman abilities. Um, and I feel like everyone is probably keeping that at the forefront of their mind of like, if I take this, I can, you know, run faster, jump further, fight harder, et cetera, et cetera. But you know, I, I did enjoy the intro of this whole concept because, you know, it's it it kind of goes back to the first uh, Captain America um, when Steve is having that conversation about it. And the doctor was like, you know, this is going to bring out what's inside of you. It's going to amplify it, which was really nice. Uh, that was a good callback because um, that that set up everything else in this episode so perfectly. But yeah, for, for me. Yeah, I would take it. <laughs> I think I would take it and then only use it for like a party trick thing. Where like every once in a while somebody's like, I bet you can't lift that entire, I don't know, whatever it would be, uh, four by four outside. I'd be like, oh, really? And then I would do it. I don't have that many opportunities for other like action in my life. So I feel like it'd be pretty safe with me. <laughs> I think that's a good answer. I like that. <laughs> I, I too, uh, watching the episode, you know, uh, we see Sam get asked a question and he doesn't hesitate. And he says, no, Zima's like, Oh, no hesitation. And so that's a moment where you're like, you kind of hang on to that. And then later, uh, John and Battlestar are talking about it. And John asks the question and Battlestar doesn't hesitate and says, yes. And in my mind, my first thought was, Oh, 
the show makes you think that's the wrong answer. But I know that if I had the choice, I too would probably say yes without hesitation. <laughs> because like you said, like in, in my mind, at least, which like, I mean, I guess everyone sees the best in themselves. Right. So in my mind, even if, whatever's inside of me comes out, it's just going to be a big nerd that wants to be a superhero. So I think that I'd be okay. So yeah, I would take it. I'd take yeah. it too. You kind of look from like, you know, Sam's already an Avenger. He's been doing this for a while. So he knows what he's capable of. And he's, you know, he's fought so many different villains and seen so many different things. Like I, it, I yeah, it makes sense. Whereas like, now it's like how long has uh Battlestar really been around you know from his perspective he's like we're going up against these guys and they're kind of getting away like let we're just gonna go take this and take them down mm. yeah and i can understand that from john's perspective too right like he's yeah. trying to i think he's trying obviously he's trying way too hard to live up to this ideal of captain america that he is clearly not but i think that in his mind, that's the, that's the missing piece. It's not that he isn't good. It's that he's not the strongest. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and even when he gets, uh, later on gets beat up by the Dora Milaje. I mean, so good. The first thing he says after they, they beat him up is like, they're not even super soldiers. Mm -hmm. and it's like so I, I think that's just another point of him being like I'm I am not prepared for this if I don't have the the serum like I'm not strong enough to do anything yeah and that could be what's weighing on him mentally is like they're lifting him up on this pedestal like you are Captain America and now internally he's like I'm a nobody it's like yet you know on the outside I'm trying my best to be this you know this hero but in reality no i'm not probably not cut out for this so like i need yeah. to go find the serum and <laughs> get to work they had uh that discussion really early in the episode about how the serum can like corrupt people and they they mentioned you know it never did that to steve but then they immediately say oh, there's never been another steve rogers and that's kind of been like the focus of the entire series of course there's never been another steve rogers and so that's why there's all this debate and inner struggle about who's worthy to carry the shield and then we see how that turns out later on in the episode and john walker is again like y'all said he's trying so hard but he's going about it in exactly the wrong way because he doesn't have what steve had he's focused on the wrong stuff bless his heart i think that's a great point and this goes back to something we talked about at the beginning is like what if Steve his the character of Steve Rogers is still around? You know he's got to be paying attention to all this if he's around. If he's still just the elderly man state, you know. Like is nine. it is <laughs> yeah. Would it get to a point where like we got to go talk to him and kind of get the kick in the butt like you guys got to get in gear and that would be interesting. I don't see them doing that, but I, would I like still it. think he's dead. I think he's dead. <laughs> He's on the moon. It's on the moon. Yeah. Yeah. They all know. <laughs> I, 
I, uh, I, I liked that part too. And uh, when they said there's never been another Steve, but in my mind, all I could think was, well, what about Bucky? Because Bucky wasn't really corrupted because of the serum. He was corrupted because he was brainwashed. But now that he's broken free from that, I mean, I feel like he's also stable. I, I mean, I feel like any instability in Bucky is going to be a side effect of the brainwash rather than mm-hmm. a side effect of some sort of inner demons mixing with the super soldier serum that he has. So I, I don't know. I understand what they're saying, but at the same time, I was just like, I mean, Bucky's right there. <laughs> like, Yeah. He's not Steve Rogers, but he was like Steve's right hand man. Yeah. They could have layered. He was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, so what I want to know is we'll kind of jump a little bit ahead, but once, once John gets his butt kicked, um, and you get to see the, the Dormelage in, in action, we kind of go to another scene where Carly is calling. Oh no, that's before Carly calls. There's the, the big, I don't know what you want to call it. Uh, the big fight of the, episode um where they find out where through the uh the use of the turkish delights they find out where this funeral is going to be held um and sam is able to kind of be like hey like let me go talk to her and this is where we really start to see uh john break uh and and i don't know if it's i mean yes eventually we find out that he he has taken the serum and now he's super strong but like how how? i want to know how how did he take it we know that he picked it up uh when they were running away when carly was running away but how does he take the serum like in captain america it was like 30 scientists and this huge mm-hmm. machine and all this stuff had to happen for him to get the serum now the serum is one tiny vial and uh, did he drink it did he inject it did he go to power broker and power broker gave him powers and if so why wouldn't he have like split it and given it to both of them so john and Battlestar have like half super strength or something i don't know i just feel like that that was my biggest confusing part of this episode that I feel like maybe it's because we're on like a shorter episode time constraint but it just seemed like that was rushed that like we we saw him get we saw him steal essentially mm-hmm. a the last serum and then all of a sudden he had somehow taken it yeah and for me that that whole segment was a little bit choppy you know with some of the camera angles and everything it's like that was a big moment you see that you know they're scattered all over the floor and the whole time i'm just paying attention like you know trying to find where they all are i was like are they going to crush them all and even at the same time i was like is there something around is this just one of those things where you just put it in this like pistol type thing that you can just do yourself um, so I was kind of looking for that and I was like, Oh, is, is, you know, John going to come in, grab one. And then we actually get to see it, like see him do that. Cause you know, that's what he wants to do. 
Um, so that's what I was kind of like building myself up. Like, okay, are we going to see this? And then like, where's that going to go? But no, you don't, you just, he hides it and tries to be all secretive. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a great point. Like, yeah, it, or did the government help him? You know, when that's what I was thinking, like, is it power broker? Because like, yeah. we still don't really know his allegiances. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the comics, we know that he's the one that gave John mm-hmm. Walker and Battlestar their power. So are we supposed to think that like, rather than, and that's what I was thinking at the beginning of this episode is that John isn't out to catch Carly to stop Carly. John is out to catch Carly because the United States government knows that she has the serum because they found out that power brokers serum doctor died and she stole the last bit of serum. So the United States government is now like, all right, John, you need to find her so we can get that serum and make more soldiers. And then Zemo has other plans and smashes them. But of course the one that rolls away, uh, <laughs> John gets. So in my mind, that's who it is. A hundred percent power broker gave John that injection but it just doesn't make sense time-wise because it's like that happens. They go regroup. And then it seems like maybe the next day mm. is when Carly calls and says, hey, like we need to talk or calls uh, Sam's sister. Right. Says, hey, like you, you need to tell me, which I really liked the camera work on that. I thought it was really good. It reminded me of the first episode with, the weird angles to kind of make you feel what Bucky was feeling. And I felt like if they did that again, with like a lot of strange angles and like a little bit of a shaky cam to make the whole moment really tense. Uh, yeah. That was really cool. Um, but yeah, it seemed like that happened and then boom, all of a sudden now they're fighting again and he's a, he's a super soldier. I interpreted it as he didn't go there to get the serum, but whenever he had the opportunity, since he had been thinking about his own kind of inferiority, he took that chance when he had it. And I just figured they probably had some syringes or whatever they were using laying around since they were keeping them stored. And also, and this is just kind of a sad thought, but connected. What if Sharon is the power broker? Ooh. (laughs) I mean, like, they, I just, I don't feel like somebody whose job is kind of, I know this is not her job, but, you know, throwing weird art parties would have the kind of access to things that she has. And so whenever she's like saying, I've got a couple of satellites, it's like, why do you have satellites? Unless you've got some really serious stuff going on. She's, I don't know. I feel like if we're going to find out that they're, or who the power broker is this season, I feel like it's Sharon. I don't know why. I don't know why she would be doing this, but. I could be on board with that because the biggest clue that we get every episode is power broker is watching. So and she's got satellites. <laughs> she's got satellites. You know, that was a big clue is like, you know, when Sam's looking at, you know, his uh, wrist gadget and he can see the map of everything and he tells Bucky like, hey, I'll send you where they're at. Yeah, that's a huge clue. The only other other thing that would make sense there is the the government just because it kind of feels like the government always has our eyes on everyone from every little thing. But well, do you think that like if she is the power broker, she would have to be a power broker that nobody knew like nobody has seen her 
because they see the. I mean, she's there with them when they go find the doctor mm-hmm. who's making the serum for the power broker. And I feel like he would have been like, oh, hey, <laughs> you're the power broker. But but I could see it being something like the power broker is like a shadow that mm-hmm. nobody gets face to face contact with. There was one one scene that I noted that I was very confused about. So when she's walking, been talking on the phone with Sam and talking about the satellites, mm-hmm. she looks fine. Later in the episode, when she's on the phone, she has a big cut on her lip that wasn't there in the previous episode or the first time we see her in this episode. And so I don't know if that is just like oops, somebody wasn't thinking about continuity and was like, ah, shoot, she should have had a busted lip. Let's do that. Or if that's like something maybe that we'll see in the next episode or even the last episode when they reveal something about whatever Sharon is doing and we'll get to see something like uh, that whole timeline, but from her perspective, maybe she gets in a fight with somebody. So like now that you say that, that is coming straight to my mind that, oh my God, maybe you're right. And she is the power broker and she got in a fight with somebody or maybe, I mean, maybe the power broker is just a title and whoever kills power broker becomes the new power. Bro- like you don't really know. It could be anything at this point. Yeah. I feel like the cut on the lip wasn't an error. It's going to be something that they explain later. She got into, I guess, a fist fight with somebody between those two scenes. <laughs> Well, two episodes left. I I could see them explaining that in the next episode. That's probably what next episode is going to be is is answering a lot of questions to build it up to one specific point, which will be the finale. Well, speaking of finale, I guess we'll we'll talk about this big big fight scene. Uh, I, I was super excited because I feel like they did a lot of really cool choreography in this fight scene. Uh, where it seems like they they were like, how can we best use everybody's what they've got? Because when uh, when Sam uses his jet pack to like burn a guy off of him, I was like, oh my gosh, that was so cool. Yeah. That was so creative. Like I like that they're they're giving him the tools he needs to like stand up against all these super soldiers and not just be like, Bucky is the only one that can fight them. They're like, no, no, Sam can do it too. Uh, but not in like an Iron Man way where he has like a thousand gadgets. It's just like, no, he's got wings. And <laughs> that's what he uses. And it's like, oh, this is cool. I really like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Any Anytime we see something with, with like a gadget, that I love it. That's my favorite part of these shows. Because I, I love the tech and the gear and what, what they can do. So like even though like the whole wrist thing, that was so sweet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I was very into that whole scene. Um, but that is where we get to see John Walker lose it. And yeah. So, yeah, so let's talk about why he lost it, because this is this was an interesting moment for me because this differs from the comics. And this is something I was not expecting. And this is with Battlestar. Why'd they kill him off? I thought the same thing and then my mind started like churning and I was like what if they did split that serum and like maybe he's not dead but he's comatose or something and that set John off but then he's going to come back but then I was like oh, that's stupid like that there's 
there's no real need for Battlestar. Not to say like they should have killed him off, but he he was clearly a replacement for John Walker's parents, which in the comment in the comics, his parents are the ones that get killed mm-hmm. and that's what sets him off and he goes crazy. But in this, it was clearly like, this was the point that they were like, all right, kill Battlestar. That's going to set him off. He's going to lose it. And boy, did he lose it. Yeah. God, that was rough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, and it, and it was like, a, uh, I wouldn't, uh, I don't want to say like a touching moment, but it was a moment where you were like, you kind of felt bad for him because he's clearly not ready to be Captain America and he's been forced on this role and he's doing the best that, or at least what he thinks is the best he can. And Battlestar seems to be the only person there with him. And then they kill them. And at least that's how I took it. I know you could also take it like, he's been crazy this whole time and mix mixing his like attitude and rage issues with the super soldier serum that he clearly just took within the day. That's what set him off. Yeah. Yeah. No, this, this was the perfect kind of wrap up for this episode was just showing like, it just really shows who he really is. You know, that him being Captain America is nothing but a trick it's just what you see on the the outside that he's trying to make this image for everyone but really he's you know he'll he'll kill he doesn't care like he's just trying to get get you know he it's just soldier really you know he is a soldier like you know and he's gonna do whatever it takes to to get it get to the point where you know yes steve was a soldier but not really like that you know he's gonna think about getting the answers like justice like you know you're wrong you're gonna go down for this but in more of like a justful way like yeah i i like this ending it was i had to rewind i rewind rewound and watched like the last 10 minutes at least three times my my only problem with it and it's my biggest problem with captain america just in general like all captain americas is like the shield seems like something that like okay you're gonna throw it as like your long distance weapon i get it but once he knocks the guy down and is like two feet away from him and he's still throwing the shield into him it just seemed excessive but not in not saying excessive as like i get it he's losing it and he's gonna kill this guy with the shield just excessive like what was the point of that like that seemed that seems yeah, well, you could look at it as like the shield is is really a symbol, right? So is it like is he is he destroying the symbol or is he changing the symbol? Because everyone was watching, you know, everyone had their phones out. So now, what is the world going to, pers- you know, what what are they going to see when they see Captain America now? That blood stain on the bottom of the shield, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, wow. which was what? really gruesome. Yes. Although I do have to give a lot of credit to uh, Wyatt Russell. That's the name of the actor who plays John Walker. He's doing something right for everybody to hate him so completely in four episodes. Um, Like whenever, uh, whenever the Wakandas, not Wakandas, Wakandans were beating him up earlier on, I was like, oh boy, I hope they beat him up so bad that they fix his underbite. And like, I was just really, really... (laughs) rooting for them just like Zemo just over there just kind of casually sipping his drink nobody's going in to help him but 
again, we get so many facets of this character. And he had so much that we should have been going for him at the beginning, but no. Because, again, Wyatt Russell knows exactly what he's doing. He He's playing like the photo negative of Steve Rogers. And he's doing it really, really, really well. Just good job. I'm proud of you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as as we're talking about the shield, too, think about the moment earlier when uh, when he did lose that fight where they were saying, let's take the shield. And then was it uh, Ao that said, no, leave it? You know, that that's probably a big moment where, like, you think back on that now. It's like, yeah, they probably should have took it. Yeah, well, it's theirs. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. again, that, but that, but we also don't know, right? Because this right. is a new shield, so right. maybe it's not theirs. But I mean, theoretically, it's their shield. They should take it. Yeah, It'd be adamantium. <laughs> mm-hmm. I do want to mention Ao really quick. So uh, Ao is also part of. Well, she's part of the Dormelage, which is like their Queen's Guard. King's Guard, Super Guard of Wakanda, uh, but there's also a sect of that uh, called the Night Midnight Angels, um, which is pretty much like the best and brightest of the Dormelage, which is already like the best and brightest of all the warriors <laughs> in Wakanda. So it's like the best of the best, <laughs> um, and they show up in the Doom War comics, which I'm a huge Deadpool fan. So usually, if it has Deadpool in it, I've probably read it or will read it. Um, and so this was exciting for me to get to see a character that showed up in one of those, uh, Deadpool comics, um, because the Midnight Angels helped Deadpool fight, uh, Dr. Doom when he's taking over the world. So I thought that was a cool, like, oh, they're they're like bringing in all these characters from like, (laughs) you know, not one-off characters, but characters that kind of show up as like a very minimal role in the comics and they're getting they're like putting them in the movies and it's like oh this is okay cool all right i know that character that's the series i want to see now (laughs) (laughs) i think that would be fantastic Uh, yeah i'd watch that midnight angels is just them like tearing stuff up (laughs) no we can have ryan reynolds as deadpool in there too and then cast the right dr doom good to go i guess since we're speaking of that i did like uh this was earlier in the episode um where they referenced the patch act this could have been nothing, but you could also look at it as some something from the previous episode um, where it could be another uh, X-Men reference. Since we know Wolverine was known as Patch, um, he kind of thought that could be a good, clever disguise if he just wears a patch and calls himself that. So it could have meant nothing. It could have been another little nod, um, but I, I enjoyed that. That's what I that's what I want. I want more. There were a lot of times in this episode that I paused and considered translating signs and stuff like that. Um, but after the the upset that was the last one, I, I didn't do that. But I did feel like this episode had so many chances for little Easter eggs to pop up. And like, mm-hmm. I feel like they just didn't. Like, not that there weren't. I mean, there were plenty, right. but it seemed like there were so many more opportunities this episode. Even just from like a... I don't know, like a comic book fan, Marvel fan Mm -hmm. viewing. It'd be fun to see more things in the background, knowing that that's what they're good at anyway. It seems like this last couple episodes, they've been like 
here's the two big things in the background, but that's it. Yeah. So going back to the end, or I guess where I'm at now is what are they going to do with the flag smashers? It seems like their kind of storyline within this is almost concluded. Maybe their whole purpose was to get uh, Walker to his breaking point because now like they don't have any more serum power broker. I guess, you know, he could do whatever he wanted. He could, we don't know. Power broker himself could take him out or he could use his posse to take him out if he has one. So it's like, what are we going to get from them? You know, because we because now it seems like all the eyes are going to be on Walker and literally like as we saw in the, the end, like everyone in the world is going to see what he just did. So we got two episodes left. So it feels like he's now like the top baddie almost. So are we just going to be focused on him? Are they going to take him down? Like, I just hope they kind of do this right so it just doesn't feel messy we have three different kind of at this point it feels like you got three different villains and that's a lot like for two episodes left hopefully they'll kind of tighten those stories and you know doesn't make it too messy where it gets just confusing i agree i think that the show definitely started out with a bunch of villains and now we're kind of like power broker is he a bad guy? Is he not? We're not really sure. He's just kind of power broker. The flag smashers. It's like you, every episode you seem to like be on their side and then uh, Carly does something and then you're like, Oh yeah, no wait, that don't do that. But you're not, I don't know. I don't see them as like, they're bad guys. And now John Walker is like, well, he's, he's the bad guy, right? I mean, Zemo's not, really a bad guy we never found out anything more about the lfa or yeah exactly or whatever that they've gone (laughs) i mean you could look at zemo like loki unless he is loki he's just gonna float around and do his thing that's just that's just his and i'm cool with that it'd be i think it'd be even cooler if he actually is loki (laughs) like that would be that'd be crazy um probably not but that would be crazy but yeah Zemo just feels like now they've kind of set him up to be that character that just kind of shows up and it's like, you know, he'll do whatever he wants just like to help out. That's going to keep him going moving forward. Mm. Yeah. on his like weird. Yeah. Killing super soldier. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and just, that's another thing too. They, I, I feel like they, they take all like every villain that I feel like, the show gives us they immediately take that villain and show us why they are doing the things that they're doing to make it seem like oh okay they're not that bad like i yeah is he going about it the right way no but i understand his issue and it's not like world domination it's just like hey we don't need a bunch of super soldiers (laughs) so it's like oh okay in the grand scheme of evil plots that's not top of the list you know Mm -hmm. yeah my chief criticism of the flag smashers outside of you know murdering people is that their name doesn't make sense like you can't smash a flag that just makes a flag wrinkly in my notes i always write team thanos because that's really what they are (laughs) yeah yeah we'll see if they're still anything next week yeah it feels like they'd be nothing yeah 
And y'all are right about Zemo. He's just going to boop in and out and do his own thing. Maybe pull some strings where he ultimately comes out on top in some sense. But yeah, I don't really see him as being the big threat this season. (laughs) Well, that's almost how it seems, though, is that like they think they're using him, but really he's using them. Like every time that they've gotten him to lead them to something, he's used it to his advantage and done what he wants to do and shoots people. And so the whole time it's like, why do you guys keep letting right. him come with you? Yeah. They they could set this up to where at the final moment it's gonna be he's gonna be there where based on his decision will will decide like it's either gonna hurt Sam and Bucky or it's gonna help them win. Well, do you think that Zemo's gonna live? Because I had a thought today that I feel like they're making Zemo so likable that they're going to kill him in the last episode. Uh, that would be Because terrible. he is a bad guy. I mean, I agree, but they're just, they're, it seems like the show is trying too hard to make me like Zemo when he's a bad guy. And so all I can think is like, ah, oh, they're going to make me like him so much that at the end he sacrifices himself to save Bucky or to kill John Walker or something, something's going to happen and he's going to die in a heroic way to redeem Zemo to the world, even though Zemo is a bad guy in the comics and it doesn't make sense. Hmm. Or maybe they've learned their lesson about trying to kill off really popular villains. Like they apparently tried legitimately to kill off Loki in Thor, the dark world, but then there was such like a backlash from the early audiences that they made it to where he just kind of slipped in as Odin at the end. Um, so that could be it. Maybe he like makes it look like he's dead, but then later he's like, ah, and he's on his plane with his champagne again. And that, I think it was velvet purple thing. (laughs) (laughs) That might happen. Well, speaking of Loki, uh, the second trailer came out this week and boy, oh boy, was it packed full (laughs) of so many cool and confusing and exciting things. Uh, I don't even know where to start other than I can't wait. (laughs) (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) It's a lot of fun. I could watch that trailer like every day. Yeah. I'm really anxious to see how they incorporate the vote Loki arc or if that's literally going to be just like a side gag that they do really early on whenever he gets to, I guess, jump around in time and space like he likes to. Um, Because it was it was a... um, a short series back a few years ago, uh, 2016, where he ran for president and all these things that should have disqualified him or made people not want to vote for him wound up not being an issue at all. And it was hilarious. Like, uh, one of them was somebody said, well, you weren't born in America. He's like, actually I was, this version of me was, I was born in New Jersey. What are you going to say about it? (laughs) (laughs) I, I do. I am a little nervous only because it seems like we're going to get another beginning of WandaVision where I feel like the first three or four episodes of the Loki show are going to be that where it's like him jumping around to different Loki timelines, which like, Mm. cool. I'm excited to see it, but coming off of a show, like going from WandaVision, which was kind of that, right? Like the whole first half of WandaVision was very just like disjointed, You're getting to kind of see the story happen in the background, but the forefront, it's just like episode to episode. Um, And then we come to this show where it's like every episode leads into the next episode and every 
every plot point is like in your face forefront of the screen to then go back to a show that's like kind of like a monster of the week like i'm going back in time i'm going forward in time now i'm this version of loki now i'm this version of loki and like i get that it's building up to a story but and again i mean the show's not out so i don't know i'm just basing this off of the trailers that have come out so far but i i don't want it to be a monster of the week loki verse show where it's, yeah. we just get to see it. Like, I want a little bit more story out of it. Aren't we getting more episodes with Loki? I thought I saw we're getting like 14 episodes. I heard it was just uh, six hours, but I guess they could spread that out across. Well, and I think it's already been established that they're going to do a second season. Maybe that's what they were talking about. But we'll just have to see. Yeah. Yeah, I, I did not look into like, I just heard maybe it was in the Twitter verse that it was going to be like 14 episodes, but even at that, are they 30 minute episodes? Are they an hour uh, or 40 minutes or whatever they are? But um, yeah, that, that is thing. Um, the show looks so much fun, but I hope it's paced very well. I hope it's just not like too much that it just gets confusing and kind of break, you know, as long as they can keep you understanding the story and, and moving along, that'll be good. I've got a lot of hopes for it. I think it's going to be pretty good. I'm surprised by the cast, <laughs> like the overall cast, because I didn't even look into that. You know, I just focused on Loki and and didn't really look into like who's going to be who else is going to be in the show. But that was a little surprising, but it's very exciting, too. The Owen Wilson's in it. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> it's like as soon as you see him, like immediately you just think, wow, like, yeah, that was my first thought, too. I saw him and I went, wow. <laughs> oh but i love that um but they've got i know they've got a lot of other like i think richard e grant is supposed to be in it and he kind of creepily looks like an older tom hiddleston so i think maybe he's playing like an old version of loki and i haven't seen this confirmed anywhere but i remember there was a rumor really early on that helena bottom carter was going to be in it and i would love to see that too she's one of my very favorite actresses that'd be cool yeah, Unless I wonder just, when like, they're going to release the full cast list. Never. <laughs> Probably never. We'll wait until they show up. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, that may be smart because I think they need to keep like some things hidden. Right. Well, um, and we could see, we could potentially, since he's time traveling, we could see, you know, other characters that have come up before. We could see he could go back to Howard Stark or he could go back to... Mm-hmm when the Avengers first come together or some, like, I feel like there's a lot of opportunity in the Loki show to Mm -hmm. bring in characters from other movies or even other universes. Like if he goes and sees Matt Murdock and foggy and, or, or goes and sees Jessica Jones or something like Tom Hiddleston's best friend, Charlie Cox. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That would be so awesome. That'd be really fun. Yeah. So now, now, uh, now where I'm, my mind is going is like traditionally with Marvel, everything's kind of a bridge into whatever is the next. So now it's like, okay, how are they going to wrap Falcon Winter Soldier up? And what is that kind of lead? Is that just simply going to lead into the next season? Or are we going to get a better understanding of like what the next film will be or movie or whatever? Same thing with Loki. We Which is what I was waiting for in the at the end of WandaVision. And I feel like WandaVision didn't really lead into Falcon Winter Soldier. 
No, but but with but but with WandaVision, everyone kind of already knew because it was just announced that we know that WandaVision is setting up for uh, the next Doctor Strange. And we can't forget that um, it was supposed to be that Falcon and the Winter Soldier was released first. It was supposed to come out like last August, I think. And then they had to delay production because of COVID. And they just happened to finish WandaVision first. So that's the only reason why we got to see that one first. Well, then I wonder if I wonder if maybe they had to change the ending of this because maybe this was supposed to lead into WandaVision. And now it can't. And so maybe... Thinking about it leading into Loki, it is like, okay, Zima's Loki, right? Like, that's how they're yeah. going to tie this together. Yeah. But but thinking that maybe maybe this is more of like a, this show's going to end on a note that's going to lead to the next season of this show. And then Loki will start and be its own thing. I guess we'll find out in two weeks. <laughs> we'll know in two weeks. And we'll talk about it. <laughs> Did either one of you see uh, this thing on, like, I found it on Slash Film that says that there's supposed to be a significant cameo next week? No, but I'm excited. I, I haven't, and this this is a lesson I learned from WandaVision, is <laughs> when new burned. episodes, yeah, when new episodes come out, I'm doing my absolute best to stay off of social media. Because with WandaVision... I'd get on Twitter like the day of because these episodes are releasing at like 3 a.m. So like, you know, if I'm hopping on Twitter in the morning, like eight or nine, more than likely I'm going to see like an image that just kind of ruins the whole episode. Um, I will say like in regards to social, I think that was a lesson learned because I haven't really seen spoilers, um, but I still try to avoid it. <laughs> I'd rather be surprised the best as much as I can. I feel like for this show, especially they've, I don't know that they've like not posted as many spoilers, but I feel like Mm -hmm. this show or this series has done a really good job of making it. So even, even if somebody did post a spoiler, I mean, up until now, like this last episode did have a couple big things happen at the end, but before that, all the big things that happened were kind of medium things where like, if it got spoiled, it wouldn't necessarily (laughs) spoil your viewing of the show. Where I feel like WandaVision, there were a ton of times where it was like, well, if you knew that going into it, you'd be like, oh, well, okay, I'm just waiting for them to get there. Um, so I think that this show did a really good job of that, of like keeping things interesting, but not not making it so if, if you heard like, oh, they run into the guy that has this super soldier serum, like that's not going to ruin the episode for you. Yeah, well, I think... That'll wrap it up for this week's episode of Mace. You can listen to us on all of your podcast listening apps and devices. We're everywhere now, worldwide. (laughs) And we're on social now. We are on social, so please uh, go follow us. And um, yeah, we'll be, uh, be getting out more content there pretty soon. All right, thanks for listening, and we'll see you all next week. Bye. See ya.